More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I know that many of you out there may have a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover as we roll into the Monday edition of the program. I am still out in Phoenix. I was at the game yesterday. I know over 100 million of you were watching at home. We've got an absolutely loaded Monday for you. I appreciate KFYI, our affiliate out here in Phoenix, where we are the number one show in the market hosting me for the past several days. Buck Sexton is out all week. He is on his honeymoon with the lovely Carrie. I've seen some of the photos that they have posted uh, from Instagram. If you're curious how Buck is doing, I imagine we're also putting some of that up at Clay and Buck. So I will be with you solo throughout this week as well. Um, we've got a couple of great guests with you. We'll discuss uh, what's going on with all of these different objects that are being shot down with Elbridge Colby and the latest on United States-China relations. Also, Tudor Dixon, Republican candidate for governor from Michigan, uh, we'll talk about one of the uh, one of these objects being shot down in northern Michigan, uh, right around where the UP meets uh, the Lower Peninsula. For those of you out there who are familiar with the geography of Michigan, uh, we'll discuss all that and more. But I wanted to start talking about the Super Bowl and the larger context and what it came to mean and does mean to me and many of you out there. Uh, and and I want to start by saying. Condolences to the Philadelphia Eagles. I thought the late defensive holding call was one that by the letter of the law was a hold that if I were an official, I probably would not have called because I didn't think it was egregious enough to warrant the flag. That is my hot take on uh, the way that that game concluded. After it was tied up 35-35, Chiefs kicked the field goal to win, and a lot of the controversy has been associated with that call. Always a great way, in my opinion, to finish off the football season with the Super Bowl. And I thought Phoenix and the Valley of the Sun out here did a fabulous job hosting not only this event, but also the Waste Management Open, which is one of the most fun 
PGA Tour events of uh, the season. But I wanted to tell you, some people out there listening to me right now, I understand. You say, I refuse to watch the NFL. I'm upset because of Colin Kaepernick. I'm upset over the kneeling. I'm upset the way the NFL uh, has made a decision to, at times, embrace wokeness. And I understand that argument. Let me make a case for you about why the NFL is actually everything that's good about America as it pertains to the Super Bowl in particular. Uh, And this may be swimming a bit against the current thread that is out there um, and the tide that is out there. But I want to start with this. Sports on their most basic level are the definition of anti-woke because sports is about the meritocracy. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It doesn't matter who your mom and dad is. It doesn't matter how much money your family has. Ultimately, the rules, hopefully, are applied evenly, and everybody out there is able to compete on an absolutely even playing field where the goal is not equality. The goal is not equity. The goal is dominance. Football is America. The Super Bowl is the carnival of excess that makes this country great. Everything that is told to us now about the woke culture is directly repudiated by the actual on-field results. You either can play or you can't, and all that matters by and large is can you succeed. It is the definition of the meritocracy. America should look more like the NFL and more like the Super Bowl instead of less. And some people out there say, I don't, I'm going to turn my back on the NFL. I'm going to turn my back on the Super Bowl. And I understand that argument. But I came from the world of sports. And what I have seen is the toxic, woke culture of America trying to make sports like it. And my argument is we need to lean into the meritocracy of the Super Bowl and make America more like the NFL, where the best man, in this case, wins. But in the larger context of sports, the best man or woman wins. And the goal isn't to be even. There's a scoreboard. And at the end of the day, there's a winner and a loser. And we need to focus more on that in America. Competition is the fabric of American life. So I want to start there with the meritocracy. I also want to tell you something that doesn't get any attention. So OutKick is owned, the site that that I sold to Fox in May of 2021, is now owned by Fox. And some of you may have seen me this morning on Fox News. I do a lot of Fox News appearances. uh, And I'm out here doing Fox Sports events as well. One of the things that I don't think gets talked about enough, the amount of grinders that have to work to put this Super Bowl performance on. I'm talking about people who get up at 2 a.m., when it is pitch black, and go out and make sure the cables are working so that you can turn on your television and watch the game. I did Fox News Sunday with Shannon Bream and Bill Hemmer. Uh, Had to be up super early. Got to the stadium yesterday in the pre-dawn hours. There were hundreds of people already working there. Black, white, Asian, Hispanic, 
men and women standing out in the darkness to make sure that this event happened for all of you. None of those people get any attention. They are the fabric of America as well. Not highly paid for the most part. Not getting any sleep at all. Up for you grinding to put on this production, both Fox Sports and Fox News employees. And I don't think they get enough credit for what they're able to accomplish. What about this spectacle of the game itself? It's capitalistic excess on steroids. It's amazing. The commercials. I happen to like Ben Affleck in the Dunkin' Donuts commercials. I'm a big fan of Breaking Bad. I like the fact that we brought back those guys. Uh, Credit to Greg Gutfeld, the new king of late night at Fox. I thought his commercial was really entertaining. Uh, To me, the capitalistic excess of the Super Bowl is about everything that America does. We do whatever the world does, except we do it better. And that ties in. Some of you may not like Rihanna. I happen to like her. One of her songs used to be my lead-in in my sports talk radio show. What does Rihanna represent? She came here from Barbados. She came here to the United States because she was talented and she wanted to dominate. America is the country that people come to when they are talented and they want to dominate because we create more global superstars than anyone. And I thought it was so interesting watching Rihanna, who appears like she's pregnant again, watching the spectacle of the halftime show, not on television, but from the seats, and being able to see the number of people that had to be brought out to put this stage together. I don't know what the stage cost, millions of dollars for basically a 12-minute performance. The best in the world, representative of Rihanna, come here so that they can make their livings. The most talented people. It's the meritocracy. It is the heartbeat of America. The Super Bowl and its carnival of excess and its complete and total embrace of capitalism and the meritocracy and its featuring of incredibly talented people, it represents the best of America. And I'm not going to allow the woke zealots to take it away from us. You know, there was a moment, and you may have seen it, in the pregame where the national anthem was playing and they caught the Eagles coach, Nick Sirianni. He's not an actor. On the sideline, so overcome with emotion that tears began to run down his cheeks during the national anthem. That's my America. That's the America I see every day where almost everyone, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, whatever your background, wakes up proud to be a citizen of this country. And I think the media has focused way too much on divisive figures. I didn't see a single person kneeling during the national anthem, during America the Beautiful. How good was Chris Stapleton, by the way, singing that anthem? Now, the NFL is not perfect. There are things they do that I believe nod far too often to this woke culture that is the antithesis of everything that the NFL should represent. But my goodness, when you consider the overall scope and the reach and the impact of 100 million plus people all brought together to watch one game that is, importantly, innately American, nowhere else do they play football. 
We created it here. It is, in my opinion, the heartbeat of American life. And so I was standing uh, next to uh, in, in the seats. Jill Biden made the trip down. Um, and uh, and I was talking with Bill Hemmer, who was sitting next to me, uh, about the fact that Joe Biden didn't come. We're out here in Arizona. I said, you know what? If they put Joe Biden on this screen, the entire stadium would have booed. That's why he didn't come. Because the Democrat Party has become the antithesis of sports and the meritocracy. It's why they showed celebrities all throughout the game on the Jumbotron in the stadium. Do you know the only celebrity they showed on the Jumbotron who got booed? LeBron James. Why? Because LeBron James has sold his brand of excellence. His brand is wildly talented basketball player, but he has sold the idea that America is an awful racist place. And sports fans from across the political spectrum overwhelmingly reject that. They don't reject LeBron's talent as an athlete. He's clearly one of the best of all time. But they reject the message that he has sent that America is an awful, irredeemable, racist place. Sports fans are rising up and rejecting wokeness. This is important because sports is a reflection of where the country is. And if we had allowed this woke virus to spread to such an extent that it took over all of our sports, the culture would have become, I believe, even more anti-American. But as I experienced yesterday here in Phoenix, the carnival of excess that is the Super Bowl, I have not been more optimistic in a very long time that the woke fever is breaking and that we are poised, and I understand sometimes the darkness before the dawn can feel very, very intense, but I believe we are poised to break through this woke virus once and for all and kick it to the curb. And I believe it's going to happen in 2024 with the right candidate in a monster win. In fact, I'm writing about this right now, so I'm thinking about it a great deal. My next book is coming out in September. I'm thinking about what that looks like And to me, it needs to reflect everything in the NFL, the meritocracy, the fact that sports itself is anti-woke. And again, I understand that some of you out there are furious with the NFL over the way they handled Kaepernick over that. But here's the deal. You win by fighting battles. You very rarely win by giving up the battlefield to your opponent. And I believe that we are winning in a big way. And yesterday was an important metaphor, in my opinion, for how that battleground looks and what is coming for the future. Uh, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to weigh in a great deal during the course of today's show. 800-282-2882. I'm Clay Travis out here live in Phoenix having an absolutely fantastic time. Uh, Appreciate all of you who are out there listening to me right now. Hope you took my advice and took the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes to be the MVP, by the way. I got both those things right. Did not get right on the over-under. I thought there would be fewer points scored than there were, but what a game. If you think about what's being taught in schools these days and you're concerned, you have a right to be. Are you worried about what your children or grandchildren are learning or not learning in school? 
If you answered yes, our friends at Hillsdale College have a free resource for you. Hillsdale College understands the importance of education for the future adults out there in our country. In the most recent copy of Imprimus, in fact, their speech digest that's mailed to more than 6 million households, there's a great article called Education as a Battleground, written by Hillsdale College President Larry Arn. Right now, they're offering 10 free print copies for you to share and spread the word. This special issue provides a factual account of the issues in the ongoing battle over education, explains why parents and teachers, not bureaucrats or activists, should guide what our children are learning. You can claim your 10 free copies of Education as a Battleground by visiting clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Act now. Join the battle over education for our country's future. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton making sense in an insane world. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome in, hour number three, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show from out here in Phoenix. Day after the Super Bowl, Valley of the Sun did itself a splendid service with all of the people that have been out here. I have been broadcasting in the KFYI studios. Appreciate all of you listening in the Phoenix area where we have been for many parts of the last couple of years, the number one rated show in all of the Phoenix area. So we appreciate all of you out there listening to us across the valley and certainly 
around the country, uh, outside of this country. Buck Sexton on his honeymoon this week with the lovely Carrie. You can follow him on Instagram. He has been sharing some photos of uh, uh, occasionally of their honeymoon out there in the South Pacific. The weather is very nice. Appears to be quite nice beaches out there. He will be back on Monday of next week or Tuesday of next week. He's out on the honeymoon right now. So I'll have you throughout the course of this week solo. Want to also let you know, go subscribe to the podcast. You'll never miss a moment of the program. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Stexton. You can hear the conversation that we began this show talking about when I argued, and I think I made a pretty good case, that the Super Bowl is anti-woke and that many people in the sports media have managed to convince sports fans that they're more woke than they actually are. You should hate the sports media, not the sports leagues themselves. Again, encourage you to go listen to that. Uh, we'll continue to unpack. You can also weigh in, as many of you have, 800-282-2882. You can also send emails via VIP as part of the Clay and Buck VIP subscription service. So, as we were going to break, I was talking about, as a kid growing up, there are a couple of theme musics that would come on, and you just basically get chill bumps, and you'd be terrified. One of them was America's Most Wanted, which I probably watched a hundred times or more, and every single time convinced myself that somebody who was America's Most Wanted was right outside of my door. Here is what the America's Most Wanted, for those of you who remember, theme song sounded like. All right, a little bit scary. The one that really got me, though, was the Unsolved Mysteries theme. And given the fact that we are shooting down objects all over the place, this Unsolved Mysteries theme, and I know some of you out there, it was the X-Files that got you, but if you are around my age and you grew up in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, when this show was rolling, you probably watched it when you shouldn't have. You may have watched it when your parents weren't home and it was dark outside and you thought to yourself, why in the world did I watch? This is what the theme music sounded like. Oh, man. I mean, I got chill bumps just listening to that. Took me back in time. I bet a lot of you out there. This is the perfect theme music for the topic that we are now discussing. We are on 72 hours since the Biden administration shot down a second object off the coast of Alaska. They then shot down an object in Canada. They shot down an object in Michigan. We talked with Tudor Dixon at the top of the second hour. We still don't really know what it is. Over the weekend, as the questions were coming in, uh, a lot of people out there were saying, well, what what could this be? Uh, This is from yesterday. NORAD Commander Air Force General Glenn Van Herc refused, I can't believe this is real, refused to rule out aliens as potentially the source for what was being shot down. Listen. Because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, uh, that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? terrestrials and if so why because that is what everyone is asking us right now thanks for the question Colleen. i'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community 
figured that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with an attempt to identify it. Yesterday, we hadn't ruled out aliens. I mean, this is one of those things. Remember how crazy 2020 was? That they finally came out with, hey, the government has tons of UFO files. The Pentagon's been spending tens of millions of dollars trying to identify this stuff. There's all these videos out there from fighter pilots, and they can't explain what these unidentified flying objects are. UFOs basically were real. And it was like the 10th page of the newspaper. That's how crazy 2020 was. Well, I didn't even see this on the front page of the newspaper. We got a guy in the Air Force saying, yeah, it could be aliens. We could be shooting down alien craft of some sort. Uh, Well, today, the brilliant, the esteemed, the greatest White House press secretary who happens to be a black lesbian in the history of America, she wanted to make it clear not aliens. Listen. I know there have been questions and, and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Again, there is no indication of aliens or terrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Wanted to make sure that the American people knew that, all of you knew that, uh, and it was important for us to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Yeah, because the Air Force General said it could be aliens. So now Corrine Jean-Pierre has to come out and say it's not aliens. The point here is, can we get the uh, Unsolved Mysteries soundtrack going again? Can we play it right now? The point is, there we go. We have a legit Unsolved Mystery crisis at play here. And I know a lot of you out there are like, oh my goodness. You're having flashbacks. You're afraid. We have a legitimate UFO 72 hours in. So is this China? Who is sending these objects? Is it possible? Okay, you can pull it back. I don't want people, I don't want people unable to sleep tonight. Is it possible that here is my theory based on all this evidence? It seems to me the most likely outcome here is one of two things. One, China sent the spy balloon here, which we know they did, to see how we were going to respond to it, how long it might take us to recognize it. And given how long it took us to recognize it and the fact that we let it traverse across the entire United States, they then said, okay, Let's send smaller spy craft and see whether or not U.S. Air air Defense Systems pick it up or not. And that, as a result, we have decided to shoot these down, which is ostensibly Joe Biden acknowledging, hey, I blew it when we didn't shoot down this Chinese spy balloon off the coast. And for those of you, including Mayor Pete, who was laughing about this today, To me, it seems quite clear that China is testing to see in the event that they were to enter into a war with us, whether they could potentially deliver explosives, bombs, viruses, bioweapons to the United States in a relatively cost-effective manner without having to commit either men or substantial materials and deliver it in the United States as an attack upon our territory. 
And so that, to me, seems like the most likely explanation for what could be going on. Secondary explanation. And by the way, it wouldn't have to be China, right? Another American adversary could have seen how we responded to the Chinese spy balloon, and they could have decided to send their own version of that into the United States. So that's not crazy. I think that's one legitimate possibility about what's going on right now. Secondary is the Biden administration is so gun-shy now, so embarrassed by the way that they responded to the Chinese spy uh, balloon, that they now are shooting down all sorts of things that truly are not dangerous to the United States. They have upped the radar uh, examination, and they are identifying more objects And if they can't immediately tell what those objects are, they are shooting them down in the event that they were also foreign adversarial-based UFOs. And the fact that we're now 72 hours in, 72 hours into, essentially, the first object being shot down off the coast of Alaska, how is it possible that we don't know exactly what it is after 72 hours? This administration promised that they would be the most transparent in American history, yet they have consistently been the least transparent. They have failed to share basic information that I think the American people would have a willingness and a desire to know. I told you on Friday, as we finished the final hour of the show, I said, we'll be back on Monday. Hope you guys all enjoy the Super Bowl. Surely we will know by Monday what exactly this was. And here we sit 72 hours after those shootdowns occurred, and they still have not provided us any definitive notice of what these objects may be. And, in fact, they've done the opposite because they've trotted out an Air Force general to say it could be aliens. And over the weekend, if you have friends who closely follow the news, I'm sure many of you do, you probably had text chain conversations. You might have had face-to-face conversations where people are like, hey, we're evidently we're being invaded by aliens. My own wife, gonna put her out there, she keeps saying, I think these are missiles. I think they're testing to see whether or not these things can reach here, not necessarily trying to uh, to explode them here, but just seeing whether they can deliver the payload devices this way. This is China testing it. I think there's probably some of you out there that would buy into that hypothesis as well. But in the absence of direct clarifying information, conspiracies develop, theories take root, and the story runs far ahead of the facts. So why can they not provide a legitimate explanation for exactly what's going on? I think it's a very fair question and one that we will discuss with Elbridge Colby coming up. He's an expert on China, U.S. relations, Taiwan. How could all of this tie together? What exactly is going on? We will discuss all of that as we move through the third hour of the program today. And we certainly appreciate all of you out there who are listening as we are powering through the program. And I want to tell you, I got brand new MyPillow's. The MyPillow 2.0 arrived at the Travis household right before I left to come out to Arizona for the last week. And as soon as I finish this program today, 
I am hopping in a car, headed straight to the airport, and I can promise you I cannot wait to get back home, climb into my bed on the MyPillow sheets, and try out the MyPillow 2.0. It has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, also has exclusive fabric made with a temperature-regulating thread. MyPillow 2.0, buy one, get one free for a limited time with our names as the promo code Clay and Buck. MyPillow 2.0 made with a temperature-regulating technology, 100% made in the USA. Pillow comes with a 10-year warranty, 60-day money-back guarantee. You can go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener special square to get this buy one, get one free offer on the MyPillow 2.0. All you have to do is enter the promo code Clay and Buck. You can also call 800-792-3269 to get your MyPillow 2.0 today. Clay and Buck 24-7. Subscribe today. Welcome in. Welcome back in. Hour number two, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate KFYI hosting me for the last several days. I'm out in Phoenix, Super Bowl yesterday. We reacted to it. Had some big discussions about the larger culture there. We now are headed up to Michigan, uh, where Tudor Dixon, Republican candidate for governor, is. She is doing a podcast soon that will be a part, I believe, of the Clay and Buck Network as a part of iHeart. Uh, and she ran against Gretchen Whitmer in November. Uh, Tudor, appreciate you, you joining us. We wanted to talk to start about what got shot down in Michigan. Do we have any idea? Uh, and why don't we have a full, fuller picture of what exactly is going on as one of these unidentified objects was shot down, uh, I believe, near the UP in Michigan? Yeah, wouldn't it be great to have more information? Thank you for having me. By the way, we're I'm excited to be on. We're in Michigan certainly wondering exactly what this was, but uh, the whole country is. I mean, this is the fourth thing that we're talking about being shot down. These are being called objects. The first, of course, was the the supposed surveillance spy balloon, but we don't even have enough information on that. And think about how bizarre this is when you already have Justin Trudeau who has come out and addressed his nation. Joe Biden is ducking reporters still running into SUVs and Gretchen Whitmer is playing footsie with China and everybody in the United States is saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this China? Is China surveilling the country on a regular basis? Is this more than a surveillance device? We don't have that information. And that's why people are so beside themselves over this. But think about this. At the same time, you have Chinese corporations that Gretchen Whitmer say, welcome to Michigan. Yes, we are the center point of the of North America between Canada and the United States. Please come have our land. Take it. Build your businesses. We, w- we would love that. It's so bad for Gretchen Whitmer, by the way, that Jake Tapper at CNN is even doing journalism. Uh, I want to play you a cut of Gretchen Whitmer being asked, particularly in light of the fact that we who knows where this object that was shot down is from and whether it might just be Joe Biden overreacting now, his administration, because they blew it the first time uh, we had the Chinese spy balloon come across the country. And now they're shooting down things left and right, whether they're associated uh, with China or not. But I did think this was a good question from Jake Tapper on CNN of Gretchen Whitmer about her embrace of TikTok, given what's going on in the country right now. Listen, We use TikTok on one device that has nothing else on it. It is a communication tool. We don't do it because it's fun, although some people think what I put out there can be fun on occasion. My kids disagree. <laughs> I, don't buy, I don't buy that you don't have fun doing TikTok. But the point is, we have it uh, on one device that has no access to anything else. Because so many people get their information that way. Whether we like it or not, 
that is a tool for disseminating important information, and, and that's how we use it. But we're always evaluating because we want to make sure that we are protecting data in Michigan, and that's why we're, we're always evaluating. But at this point, the way we use it is, is secure. We might have shot down something from China over Michigan, and Gretchen Whitmer is fine with using a Chinese-based app to, uh, to communicate with Michiganders and beyond. What do you think about that, Tudor? This is how little she cares about national security. Chuck Schumer is out there saying there should be a federal ban on TikTok on all government devices. Now, you expect me to believe that Gretchen Whitmer has some secret TikTok burner phone, and she's like, look, the dogs are doing something that Michigan has to see. Grab the burner phone. We've got to do a TikTok. (laughs) Give me a break. It is really funny to argue. The only, like, they have a special burner phone that only has TikTok downloaded on it? I mean, who is paying for this phone? Is this, like, how many burner phones does Gretchen Whitmer need uh, if, if she's using different phones for different apps? This is crazy. I mean, uh, that makes no sense. It's a great point. I feel a TikTok coming on. you got to get the burner phone. I mean, and the things that she says are so incredibly important are, like, her leather jacket fashion show. She did that. She dances with her daughters. And I meant to believe that there's constantly a staffer around her that's like, we've got, well, let me make sure this is secure. Let me make sure that this is nothing that the Chinese need. Because obviously this important information that is so critical that she has to communicate on TikTok is important enough for people in Michigan, but it doesn't matter to the Chinese. It's not that important. I mean, come on. This is a vanity issue here. This is somebody who wants to be out there constantly in the public eye, cute and adorable. This is not what a governor does. And it's certainly not someone who's taking national security seriously does. But look, she's not taking national security seriously. We've got an announcement today that, well, if you look at the media, it will say Ford is bringing a new battery plant to Michigan. Let me remind you of a couple of weeks ago when Governor Youngkin came out and said, listen, Michigan can take our sloppy seconds because I'm not interested in having a Chinese corporation in Virginia. And Gretchen Whitmer said, we welcome a Chinese corporation. It's not Ford. It's a partnership with a Chinese corporation that will buy property in the state of Michigan and have a company. Now, let me tell you something. China is not saying, yes, we are we are going to welcome American companies to buy property here. We don't own property in China, and we shouldn't allow the Chinese to own property in Michigan. But she has zero economic plan. She stated this from the very beginning. The only economic plan she had the entire campaign was she was going to offer people abortions. And that was truly when she was asked her economic plan. That was truly what she came out and said. Now she's going to play footsie with Chinese beyond footsie. She's welcoming them into the state and she's using their funny little social media apps that are sucking information out of state government into China. It's absolutely horrendous. And I would think, I mean, you've got your heartbeat uh, on the pulse, the, the pulse on the heartbeat of Michigan right now. This is crazy to me. When we did Friday's show, Tudor, I said, we'll certainly know what we might have shot down by the time we come on Monday's show. Since then, we've shot down more things over the weekend, again, including in Michigan. Isn't it kind of crazy that we don't have any idea what's actually going on here? There's a couple of things that are disturbing here. We ask, well, how all of a sudden are all of these things floating above the United States? And the government says, oh, we we tweaked the radar a bit. <laughs> what? We tweaked yeah. the radar a bit. Yeah, this could have been always happening. 
what 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 are these things and it, to your point are they dangerous are they something from another country you know we're everybody's saying well these are unidentified objects and so people are like ufos ufos are obviously not always alien but you know then there's the rumors that go around it's self-propelled there's no there's it's just a cylinder floating above the earth yes we should have some briefing from the government about this because the reality is people are terrified i mean there really are people across the country that are like what is happening are we going to get invaded are these things that could be holding bombs could they hold bioweapons we just went through a pandemic and this this administration came in and said our number one issue is going to be to keep people safe get people back to normal life but they're not telling us when we have something that appears to be a major safety issue why i mean if you have jets scrambling to shoot something down you sure as heck better tell the american people what's going on no doubt. And and that's a great point about tweaking the radar as well, because that to me means maybe the radar wasn't working. Like the, the whole purpose of the radar is for us to know about potential threats that could be in our airspace. And it's not crazy to think that when Joe Biden allowed a Chinese spy balloon balloon to enter the United States and Idaho, go all the way across the country and then exit in South Carolina, that China or some other foreign adversary might have thought, oh, I wonder what we can get away with now, and that is now precipitating these issues. But the fact that we don't know, coming up on basically 72 hours since the set, the, the first object was shot down off the coast of Alaska, it's kind of crazy. Right. This idea that suddenly they say, oh, don't worry, we've tweaked it a bit, and now we can see a heck of a lot more, but now we're shooting things down. What do you mean you tweaked it? Were we using radar from like the 50s? And they're yeah. like, oh, actually, things have gotten a little bit better. Maybe we enhance this a bit. So, yeah, I think it's irresponsible, but it, this goes along with the Biden administration. And then you've got the press secretary out there stumbling and fumbling over her words because she clearly has not been briefed effectively to tell anybody in the country what's going on, which I think makes people more uneasy when they see a press secretary who is so unprepared to answer questions and incapable falling over her own words. It's like having Kamala Harris up there giving us a press briefing. <laughs> We're going to play that audio for people who haven't heard Com- uh, Karine Jean-Pierre attempt to explain what's been going on. I'll play you that for you in the next cut. Last question for you, Tudor, and this is the real hot seat. Will the Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl in your or mine's lifetime? <laughs> Someone asked me, who who are you rooting for in the Super Bowl? And I was like, you know, the Bears and the Lions have not been in the Super Bowl for a long time. So I'm out again on this one. I'll let you know. That was a big question during the campaign, though. People said, we'll vote for you if you can make sure that the Lions win the Super Bowl. And I was like, okay, obviously. I mean, at this point, I just have to give up this vote. I, uh, my wife, obviously, as you know, is from the Detroit area. So the amount of frustration from Lions fans, I didn't really understand until we got married. And I bet you really <laughs> understood it when you were on the campaign trail, uh, hearing about the Lions all the time. To be pot, to be fair, they had a good uh, run at the end of their season, but they've only won one playoff game again. Sorry, Lions fans, since the 1950s. Tudor, we will talk to you again soon. Keep up the good work. Thank you. That is Tudor Dixon. When we come back, I will play Kareem Jean-Pierre. You heard me in the first hour say, hey, if you wonder what 
a football team would look like if it was completely diverse and inclusive. It would look like Corrine Jean-Pierre as the White House press secretary, except she'd be the quarterback of the team, right? Completely incapable of basic mechanics of the job. But my goodness, what a great photo op. She just over and over again. And the thing about Corrine Jean-Pierre is she messes up questions that everybody knows are going to be asked. Again, I always say, if if you, I could walk out and do a White House press briefing right now. Because in order to prepare for this radio show, I have to know, you know, the top 10 or 12 stories that are going on every single day. So if you suddenly said, hey, Clay Travis, tap you on the shoulder, Joe Biden wants somebody competent to go out. I could go out and do a White House press briefing. Now, it's the worst administration ever. But I could do that job because you know what the top 10 or 12 questions are. Now, if I walked out there and they said, hey, there's a major controversy in El Salvador over whether or not there should be a uh, a referendum on the leadership of El Salvador. I'm just tossing that out there. I have no idea what's going on in El Salvador. I would be like, yeah, I got no idea on that. I would just be honest. Because sometimes you do get questions in the White House press briefing you have no idea are coming. But when the government is shooting down objects and when we're working with Canada as a part of NORAD to shoot down objects, that's going to be a question. Corinne Jean-Pierre got that question. It did not go well. Get your popcorn. You're going to enjoy it. She is the quarterback for the Biden administration, and they ain't winning any games. I'll tell you that much. Uh, when we come back, we'll also, uh, well, I'll just play that audio for you. I think you're going to absolutely love it. Um, and that is coming up here in a segment uh, to come. But first, I want to tell you all about our friends at, 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 Norton LifeLock. The internet is one of the best ways to stay connected with people all over the world. But you should always be on guard if one or more of those new connections comes across a little bit faster, a little stronger than you might expect. There's cyber thieves everywhere. You probably have seen the stories about all of your personal information getting stolen. So many different companies. It feels like every single week a new company is getting your info stolen. Remember, no one can prevent identity theft or monitor all transactions at all times. But LifeLock does a great job of helping to ensure that your personal information is not being stolen and used by others. Identity theft protection starts with LifeLock. Join now. Save 25% off your first year with my name as the promo code Clay. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Go online, lifelock.com. Use that promo code Clay for 25% off. Again, that's lifelock.com. Promo code Clay. Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Joined now by Elbridge Colby, who is an expert on China and United States relations. And he also is the co-founder and principal of the Marathon Initiative. He is a former U.S. Assistant Deputy, De- Deputy, it's a tough word to say, Secretary of Defense for Strategy and Force Deployment. His latest book, The Strategy of Denial, American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict. All right, Bridge, appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know you've been on the show before. What in the world do you think is the most likely explanation for what has been going on the last 72 hours as we have now shot down at least three different still unidentified flying objects? Great to be with you, Clay. Uh, Always a pleasure to be on on the show. I I mean, I have to say the most likely explanation is that it's part of the Chinese surveillance program, but I don't have ironclad confidence that that that's what it is. I mean, it could be other countries. I mean, it's not beyond the the pale that it's the Russians. Maybe even the North Koreans is not out of the realm of possibility. It could be private companies. I mean, some of the things they're talking about, I saw Kirby on the the news earlier this morning. You know, he was saying they haven't even uh, been able to dredge these things up. I mean, a lot of them are really forbidding places. And there are, a number of them are quite a bit smaller than the massive Chinese surveillance balloons. So I think the most likely is that it's, China, it's part of the same Chinese program, but I, I don't think that's open and shut. When should we know? I'm, I'm kind of stunned that we shot this one down off the coast of Alaska 72 hours ago, and we still don't really have an explanation from the administration. Do you think they have a really good idea what this is? Do you think they don't? Are they being level with us? I don't know. My impression is that they 
don't fully understand it. I mean, I, I was struck by this sort of, you know, General Van Herc, the NORTHCOM commander. I mean, he said there's been real gaps in our understanding of what's going on in our airspace over the last few years. So some of this, I think, is, you know, somehow we've managed to get improved sense of what's going on. I mean, maybe that's fiddling with the radar. I don't know what that with that. Maybe there's new technologies. Um, but some of this is obviously, you know, the Chinese we know have have embarked on a massive uh, balloon building program. So I think that's a reasonable uh, suspicion. But I mean, you know, we still I don't think we've still recovered a, a good chunk, at least or maybe most of the, the original balloon, you know, a week yeah. and a half later. And I mean, and that's in that's in relatively you know balmy waters off the coast of the Carolinas rather than rather than off the Yukon or Alaska. So my guess is we're not entirely sure yet. Chuck Schumer came out and said it was humiliating for the Chinese to have their spy balloon shot down over the coast of off the coast of South Carolina and the Atlantic Ocean. Do you think it's viewed that way by the Chinese? How would you assess the relative humiliation factors between China sending a balloon across the whole United States and us shooting it down after it left the continental United States? Well, I think it's much worse for us to have a balloon cross our entire, you know, country and can yes. do, uh in our territorial airspace. And then, you know, after like almost a week, then we shoot it down, you know, once. I mean, and it's not one of the things that I, I assume the administration and the government had known about it for the first few days. But it's not entirely clear to me that we knew about it for the first few days. And this is a, you know, this is a very large balloon. I mean, it's like three football fields, I think, the balloon and, and the the uh, you know, the sort of thing it was holding on below it, you know, the, the surveillance stuff basically was like the size of a couple of buses. So I think that's, um, you know, that, that's that's definitely not a, a win for 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 our side. Uh, but of course, this is this is far from over this whole dynamic. Does this impact Taiwan in a significant way in your mind? Are we learning anything based on where Chinese-American relations are right now as it pertains to this spy balloon and potentially these additional unidentified flying objects in the event that they are from China? In terms of what it might mean for the United States and China squaring off over Taiwan? I think it does tell us something very, very important and, and interesting and disturbing, which is just the global reach of the People's Liberation Army. I mean, I think there's a sense, you know, and a lot of the discussion and the news reporting is really focused on Taiwan. But I think that's a, that's a mistake because the Chinese military has been dramatically increasing its capability over the last few years and in ways where it can not just surveil, but potentially threaten to attack the American homeland. So this is not simply about Taiwan in some narrow localized sense. This is about the Chinese flying a massive balloon and potentially doing so without our even knowing for several days over American territorial airspace, and what are they? What, what was it doing? Well, I mean, it was flying over our ICBM base in Montana. It was also apparently flying over or nearby Whiteman Air Force Base, the home of the B-2 bomber, the most, you know, the kind of one of the crown jewels of our military. So, I mean, and this is not alone. I mean, a year plus ago, we had the Chinese testing hypersonic missiles that, according to the newspapers, some of our scientists didn't even know that some of their capabilities or maneuvers were theoretically possible. So what I think this says is that China is really not just a kind of a a narrow you know, threat in terms of Asia, you know, or the Western Pacific or the first island chain or Taiwan. It's also very much about the ability to threaten the homeland. And I think that also tells us in a more fundamental way, the stakes, the stakes are about something well beyond Asia. I mean, this is a country that can do something in a sense that the Soviets never really tried. I mean, it was a long time ago now, but I mean, where, where it's got an economy that's of equivalent size, it's flying balloons, it's flying satellites over us. It has long-range aviation. It now has more nuclear um, uh, missile launchers than we have, long-range missile launchers. 
let's not let's not get this let's not you know get get mixed up about what this is. This is this is a country with global reach and global ambitions. Let's talk last question for you. I was talking about this in the last segment. Is there a possibility that this actually reflects weakening of Chairman Xi's absolute power in China and that this could be a Chinese military driven plan that he's not necessarily signing off on given the timing with Secretary Blinken and the potential state visit? Or do you think that this is Chairman Z himself who ordered this Chinese uh, spy balloon? How would you assess the internal palace intrigue, so to speak, of China and what that might tell us about this situation? It's really hard to know. I mean, I find it hard to believe that there are military elements you know, in the PLA uh, that are willfully bucking Xi Jinping. I mean, he's really consolidated power over the last few years, and it's a party army. You know, it's really a communist party army. So, but it is it is puzzling, Clay. Why would Xi Jinping do this now? Because the Chinese are on a bit of a charm offensive. I think they're on their back feet over the economy, zero COVID, you know, d- decreasing, pers- you know, uh, sort of popularity around the world uh, for China. So it is it is puzzling. I mean, I could see, you know, I think there's one explanation, which could be they're probing us. They're challenging us. I mean, you know, almost like a kind of a negotiating style where you kind of put a dig into the opponent and kind of like humiliate him a little bit to see how he reacts and push him back. That's a tried and true Chinese and communist negotiating tactic. It's also possible that they didn't fully appreciate what the response was going to be or fully coordinate how everything was going to go. But I think that's you know, it's hard to know, but I think that, you know, we have to step back and say, look, we can't know what's going on in Xi Jinping's head. We can't know what's going on inside the standing committee of the central committee of the, of the Politburo of the, of the People's Republic of China. We have to deal with what the reality is. They're flying balloons over our airspace. They're continuing an unprecedented military buildup. The leopard has not fundamentally changed its spots. Doesn't mean we have to be willfully aggressive or provocative, but it means we shouldn't get distracted and we shouldn't, you know, go for this kind of compete while cooperating. We should make sure that we are operating from a position of strength. That is what Xi Jinping, that is what the the People's Republic of China government respects. And and from that position of strength, we can take a more moderate position. But first, we have to be tough and hawkish in order to get to that place. Bridge Colby, if you like this conversation, Buck Sexton, Bridge Colby had a long-form discussion. You can find that in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Appreciate the time, my man. Great to talk to you. When we come back, I'll take some of your calls, close out the Monday edition of the program, 800-282-2882. But I want to tell you, gun owners interested in keeping their skills sharp have started using a cool new device called the Mantis X. It's a firearms training system, no ammo, all electronic way to train. Mantis X attaches to your firearm like a weapon light, connects to your smartphone with a Bluetooth connection, and it'll give you data-driven, real-time feedback on your technique and guide you through drills and courses. Nearly everyone that uses the Mantis X improves with just 20 minutes of training. In fact, product now being used by the U.S. military and special forces. Great technology at an affordable price. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. If you believe in your Second Amendment rights, you must also act on those Second Amendment responsibility to be competent in your shooting ability. Start improving your shooting accuracy today. Get yours at mantisx.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Want more Clay and Buck that you didn't hear on the show? Get podcast extras in the Clay and Buck podcast feed. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 